Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. All right, so as you've seen, we're in the third week of our series called Foundations. And, and again, what I want to do, just real briefly, if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks or if you're new to the Vine Life family, I just want to bring you up to speed. We're now week three. Uh, we've had two weeks prior to this one. And just, just real quickly, a br- bit of recap. The first week, our friend, if you remember, our friend Mary Jean Powers came and taught us and she spoke with us. And wow, was that good or what? I mean, she is just so good. She's just been kind of like... You know, close friend and mentor to me over the last couple of years. And man, I just so appreciate who she is and uh, what she brings to the table. And, and she came to us and she brought this, uh, this idea or, or can I just say challenge to us? And she just said this, look, it's, it's not enough for you to just be a person of the word and just know the word or just be a person of the spirit and, and, and know the spirit. But we, we must, and let me emphasize must, everyone say must. We must be sons and daughters of God who know his word and are surrendered to his spirit. Yeah? Yes? I mean, so it just doesn't work for us to chase after one and ignore the other. And and on either side, when we do that, we just get ourselves into a lot of trouble very, very, very quick, right? And that is just so important, especially today, especially in America, especially in our culture. It's just so, so important for us because what I'm finding so much of the time these days, and, you know, I wouldn't just say it's just in our country. What I'm finding all over the world as I travel, especially among... um well, I don't know. I, I see it a lot among 20 and 30-somethings especially, and maybe it's just because it's just sort of my generations. But I, I'm seeing today all over the place, people are shaping their spiritual journeys um, based, based on their opinion or the opinion of someone else, right? And it's, it's getting bad, and I think the American church especially is suffering for it. We're shaping our journeys with the Lord based off of opinion, Right? And, and so it's just this smorgasbord and we're like, what'd you say? Yeah, I like that. I'll grab a hold of that. What, what'd you say? Eh, not so much. That's not for me. And what, what, eh, I don't like that. And what? Okay, I'll grab a hold of that. And it's, it's just this pick and choose and, and we create our, and, and we, our, our journey with the Lord is based off of opinions. And we just need to be really, really clear about that church family. Can we be clear about that this morning? That's called humanism, not Christianity. What? What did he just say? Well, okay, hold on. Don't throw anything at me. Let me just. Humanism is basically this man is ultimate, man is supreme, man's ideas and opinions rule, man is in charge, right? And so we can actually, if we're not careful, slip into some of that and then sprinkle some Christianity into it and go, I'm okay. No, 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 no. As, as believers, as followers of Jesus, what we do is this. What we do as sons and daughters of God is we go, okay, God, Daddy, you give us our opinion, right? And if I don't like it, I'm going to change my heart, not my religion, right? You're in charge, Lord. You're, you're in charge. And so what I'm leaning into here is your word and your spirit, Lord. 
So help me to be a student of your word. And we pray then that the spirit of God would breathe upon it and bring it to life for me. David said what? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's quiet in here. Right? Is this right? Okay, so we want to be here just people of the word and full of his spirit. And we believe that in that place that God do amazing things, yeah? Okay. Week two, last week, man, I just love uh, the things that my dad shared. And I thought he did a fantastic job talking to us about this idea of obedience and faith, right? And and I I would say if you you weren't here last week, you want to go download that. It was so... um, uh, foundational, I know this is a foundation series, so go figure, right? But it was a foundational talk uh, just concerning the history of who we are and where we've come from and what our DNA is. So if you, if you missed that one, go down, download that. And I would just say as his son, throughout my journey um, watching my mom and dad, I have so many times throughout my life found courage to step out in faith myself because of the obedience of of my parents and the faith of my parents. So many times throughout my life, I've watched them over and over again in the face of, in, in the midst of circumstances that just didn't quite make sense. I've seen my dad look me in the eye and say, Jason, the, the Lord is saying we've got to do this. And as a young man, that was enough for me because I saw in his eyes the sincerity of his heart and his submission to the Lord. So he had this faith and then this obedience. And let's be clear, Jesus in his word, this isn't Jason's opinion. This is clear. This is, this is a clear thing in scripture. Jesus absolutely does expect us to obey him fully and completely. Right? If, what did he say? If you love me, you're what? Come on. Yeah. If you love me, you keep my commandments, you'll obey me, whatever your translation is. But here's the thing, we'll just use Jesus' words. That obedience is not in this place of religious duty or compulsion. But Jesus said, what? I've called you friends. So our obedience comes from and is birthed out of intimate friendship. Yeah? And so, Lord, make us sons and daughters here at Vine Life Church of great faith and obedience, birthed out of relationship with you, not compulsion, not religion. Yeah? Okay. This week, I want to talk to you about this idea, or rather this foundation of discipline and delight. Don't everyone cheer all at once. (laughs) Everyone's like, seriously? You did not just say discipline. Well... I think we discipline and delight. I I, I know it's not uh, <laughs> on the surface. It's not a real exciting topic. But let me let me back up and I'll just say this. I've been in this journey over the last couple years or so, and just a lot of study and a lot of reading. And, and man, what the Lord has just done in me is, I, I just want more of Him. I'll just say it that way. I just have such a hunger for the Lord, and I want to grow. And, and so I've just been studying, reading a bit of church history. And, and here's what I find, and I really do believe that there was a time, even in the States, I believe that there was a time when the people of God, 
really throughout the world were, were men and women who were known of, for incredible discipline and devotion. And I think the world watched and respected them for it. And I think by and large, not completely, I think by and large, discipline is something that's been lost to us in the church. And, and I think we're, we're suffering for it just a little bit. And Richard Foster said this, and I would encourage you, I think we, I, I believe anyway, where's Carrie? Do we, do we have some celebration of discipline in the bookstore? Okay, you want to get that. If you haven't read Richard Foster's work, Celebration of Discipline, you want to check that out. It's a fantastic, fantastic read. And I'll just give you one of his quotes. I think they may have it uh, for the screen. But Richard Foster says this, uh, do we have that? No. Yes. Our world is hungry for genuinely changed people. Leo Tolstoy observes, everybody thinks of changing humanity and nobody thinks of changing himself. <laughs> oh, you either laugh because you know it's true or you're quiet because you're in denial. <laughs> oh my, I know it's true. Let us be among those who believe that the inner transformation of our lives is a goal worthy of our effort. Yeah? So good. And so let me back up a little bit. When I was a kid, just some of my story, my first exposure, I guess, to men and women of discipline and principle just totally turned me off to the idea altogether. Honestly. And so we were in this... Um, this homeschooling program, and there was some good things that came out of it. There was some really good fruit. But in my early years, my adolescent teenage years, the, the, the people of discipline and principle that I was around, it, it was very religious. It was very rigid. There wasn't much joy. It was a, just a bunch of super educated, disciplined people with no joy, and, and they just kind of hated life and everyone else. <laughs> That was just kind of my perception as, an, as a young man. And so from a young age, I was totally turned off by the idea of discipline in principle. And so I became for a number of years very disciplined at being undisciplined. And it's just going to be free and I'm going to have fun. And I'm, I was very disciplined about that. But then later on in life, I, I also uh, became more and more in touch with, hap- with what happens in the life of a person uh, just without any discipline at all, right? And that was just equally disturbing to me. And I think we could all probably think of a person that we've known, a loved one, somebody that we care about, who just in many ways maybe has just kind of um, ruined their lives in a lot of ways because they've never learned any type of uh, discipline, right? And uh, David, or rather it was Solomon who said, he will die for lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. And Solomon's life, Solomon himself, I think we see in his life the fruit of his own words, don't we? And towards the end of his life, uh, well, we'll just say this, that he didn't end real well. He was led astray by his own folly, Right? And, and so I believe in this scripture, and I absolutely believe uh, in what Solomon is saying here, but, but I think it goes deeper than this. And let me just unpack that for you a little bit. Um, 
again, backing up from my own personal story these last couple of years, just really pursuing this. And, and, and I believe it's something the Holy Spirit has uh, begun to speak to me about. I, I, I believe it is something that the Lord wants, has wanted me to grow in, just to, to grow up, to mature in the Lord and, and in my faith. And so I've just been chasing after this a little bit and even praying for it. Lord, would you help me to grow in my own personal discipline? In my life, and and as I've been reading the like the teachings of Paul, the teachings of Christ, you, you see this all over the scriptures. These, these incredible men and women of God. Some of the classics, you know, one of my favorites is C.S. Lewis. You know, some of these um, great men of discipline. Lately, I've been uh, reading Roberts Laird and his his work, the God's Generals. Right, and you read these stories and you read this work and, and you see just men and women. Men and women of incredible discipline, right? And so I've just been praying over this season, you know, Lord, it's just the desire of my heart uh, just to be more disciplined, to be more surrendered, right? And so that's why I was chasing after for a while. And for a long time, the result of those prayers was was this. It just completely failed. (laughs) And got frustrating for a bit, and, and it, it seemed like the more I pursued discipline, the farther I was from it, and the more I chased after growing in, in my own personal discipline, uh, the more elusive it became. Anyone been there? I hope I'm not alone. It's, anyone been there? And so I just, I remember one morning, even in tears, just, just praying before the Lord, Lord, I really want to grow here. Father, Help me, help me, help me. I remember praying those prayers. And I'm just crying, just feeling like, why can't I get this? Why can't I? Why do I not seem to be growing? Why? What, what is so, what's going on inside of me? And I remember, I don't know if it was that day, that week, but it was very soon after this. Um, I found myself in Psalms 37, verse 3 and 4. And let's, let's just read this together. He's going to put it up on the screen. Ready? One, two, three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Everyone say delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. And that jumped off the pages. I remember here at the church, I was talking to Luke about it, and I think even my dad about it. And right in the middle of this like great pursuit of discipline, the Lord keeps saying to me, delight in me. And I'm going, Lord, I know they both start with D. I, I don't think you're hearing me. I'm, uh, delight has been the problem. I've just been too much delight in my life, Lord. And what I really need here, God, is more discipline. And what I kept hearing him say and what he kept drawing me into and what he kept tugging on my heart for was, Jason, delight in me, delight in me, chase after me come after me and I'm going, delight, I, I need more discipline. And that was, that's what was going on. I just couldn't. So here's what I believe he's been showing me, though, over the last handful of months. And this is something you probably want to write down because I, I feel like the Lord's showing me something. And it's just this. Um, 
our disciplines are actually just the fruit of our delights. And our delights are simply the manifestations of the deepest affections and desires of our heart. And so the question is, the question is not, are you disciplined? But rather, what has your heart? I think I need to say that again. Let me read that again. Okay, our, our disciplines are actually just the fruit of our delights. And our delights are simply the manifestations of the deepest affections and desires of our heart. So the question is not, are you disciplined, but rather, what has your heart? And so we just begin to pray, and I begin to pray, God, how can I delight in you then? Teach me how to delight in you. Lord, how do I do this? And then you can almost hear the father whisper, I'm so glad you asked, son. And then he takes us through this process. And he takes us on this journey. And and here's what we find. When we make ourselves available to delight in God, and here's where that discipline word comes in a little bit, right? We make ourselves available. We carve out time. We carve out space. For me, it's early in the morning, first thing. Just making sure that happens every day. And we do what needs to be done in that moment. And man, if there's sin in our lives, we get rid of it. Why? So that we can have a soft heart, right? We know sin hardens our hearts and keeps us from hearing the whispers of his voice. So we get rid of that stuff. And whatever needs to happen, whatever he wants us to lay down, and we just carve out that space, learn to delight in him. When we do that, what happens in that process is he begins to slowly, slowly, most of the time, he just revolutionizes our approach to finding fulfillment. And then here's what happens. Um, When we seek to delight in the Lord, we ultimately develop a delightful relationship with him. And by the time he makes himself the absolute delight of your heart, we find that the once self-seeking pursuit of religious discipline becomes transformed into effortless joy and delight. You get that? I'm finding, and man, I I have a a long ways to grow. I, I know that I'm still learning, still very much in process. But as I've been learning to delight in the Lord every day, every morning, I'm finding that my heart and desires for him are growing and the temptation for sin just doesn't seem to be there much. Like it's becoming easy to obey him because I love him. He's become uh, the desire of my heart in such a way where I'm finding how good he is, how much he loves me. And so you, you come to this place where anything he asks of you, you start to get to this place where you go, yeah, of course. Yes, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. And he, Jason, will you? Yep. Yeah. Love to. Why? Because you're the best. And everything you do is good. Everything you say to me is good. Everything you ask me to lay down is for my benefit. Because you're just a perfect dad. Right? That's what happens. And Graham Cook says it this way. I love this quote. 
Check this out. I think he's got it for the screen as well. You need discipline in your spirituality. So let's be clear about that. We need that. We need to grow in our discipline and our walk with the Lord. You need discipline in your spirituality. But if your discipline is not earthed in delight, you won't have the desire to see it through. So good, yeah? And I would just add this uh, myself. Where delight has been lost, religious duty will be found. And in that atmosphere, it's impossible for us to remain as sons and daughters, right? So our, de- our delight, our sonship, rather, it just reaches maturity when everything flows out of a constant state of delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And that growth that you're pursuing, that maturity that seems to be elusive, right? It begins to grow and grow and grow the more we learn how to make our home in him. Is everyone okay? (laughs) This is quiet in here. Uh, I'm going to come into land. I'm going to give you another one of Foster's quotes. Just so good. So good. Richard Foster, he says this, In our day, heaven and earth are on tiptoe, waiting for the emerging of the spirit-led, spirit-intoxicated, spirit-empowered people. All of creation watches expectantly for the springing up of a disciplined, freely gathered, martyr people who know in this life the life and power of the kingdom of God. And I love this. It happened before. It can happen again. Yeah? Yeah. And here's why I believe this is important for us today. Vine life in this next season for us as a family. Um, I believe, and Jen, you can go ahead whenever you're ready. I believe that the Father um, just wants to send revival to our city. What, what does that have to do with anything? I do. I think we're right on the brink of it. I believe the Lord wants to send revival to our city, our state, our country. But here's how that starts. Here's how that starts. I'll, I'll use my friend Nick's analogy that he got from one of his men- mentors. We, we go home. We draw a circle on the floor. We get inside that circle. We open the scriptures. We begin to worship. We begin to pour out our hearts and cry out to the Father and ask him to send revival to the people in that circle. Yeah? We know that it starts with us. I I would just submit to you this morning that when Jesus calls us a co-laborer with him, that he didn't just have the transformation of other people in mind. That's what he says. He says, you're a co-laborer with me. And when he says you're a co-laborer, he wasn't just thinking other people's lives. Right? And the transformation of other people, but he was just saying, I want you to partner with me 
by the word, by the spirit, and the transformation, the actual, factual, literal transformation of your life. And I want us to partner together. And we have a role to play in this. And we live in a day where so much is at stake. Yeah? Yeah? Let's pray. pray for you and as I always do I want to ask the Holy Spirit now to speak to you because as we've heard truth what we need now is the Spirit of God to make it alive and to breathe upon it so Holy Spirit would you speak to us now in this place and I pray God anything I said that wasn't for these folks that it would just fall and anything that you want God to Grab a hold of our hearts. Lord, would you do that now? And Lord, we just pray this morning. Um, God, here at Vine Life Church, we are just passionate about you. Father, we love your presence. We love your word. God, we are surrendered to your spirit here. Father, we trust you by faith in your Son. And as we follow you, Lord, we we purpose to obey everything you ask of us. Father, we pray today that you would strengthen our resolve, lead us to a place of absolute delight in you, God. And let our intimacy then produce in us all the spirit-led disciplines that lead us into the fullness of Christ. And it is for your glory, for your honor, and it is our pleasure 